0: It is time to tune up the band and a big bienvenue to you, boom, boom, for it is another episode of the Sweet Chinwag Podcast. I am Sam, joined as ever by Dan and Rudin as we continue our journey for the wacky world of professional wrestling. <laughs> I think bienvenue to you, chaps. How are you doing? YouTube has
1: that.
2: arrived.
1: You said that so loudly, you cut out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my
2: god. You wouldn't be right without just completely peeking the mic. There we Jesus go.
3: Jesus
2: Christ. There we go. It's the first time I've done that
0: re- <laughs> oh, no, how, it feels. how Have you chaps been? It's been a very action packed week for us, hasn't it? I know, it's been oh, busy
3: for
1: us. It has us. been probably one of the most busiest weeks in sweet chinwag history.
0: Oh, it's been it's been a hell of a lot of fun. Um, mm. if, if no one, if no one, to the uninitiated who didn't do not know, uh, Friday we were brought out on Friday, but on Wednesday we joined the chaps over at Rest Things podcast to uh guest on their uh, on their podcast on episode one hundred five, talk about the Royal Rumble yep. and all of that lovely stuff. I have no, here our views over there. Oh, indeed, Oh so much fun.
2: I cannot oh, tell yeah. you how much fun I had on that podcast. No, they're, they're brilliant. they they're, yeah. they're such brilliant guys.
1: So if you want to hear our uh, thoughts on the Royal Rumble, you have to go to respings and you will find out. <laughs> Shout Literally to...
2: go onto our Twitter account for yes. like two seconds and you'll find it. <laughs> exactly. Shout-outs to all the guys
0: there. They, they they are so freaking lovely. And that I'm hoping that there is more down the line because I really did enjoy it. Uh, I'm sure there will be. I'm sure there will be. Um, And then you two chaps ended up being the guests of honour. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yes, Over at Sporting Thamesmead, didn't you? <laughs> yes, we are sponsoring
1: the match ball, <laughs> and I'm happy to say that uh, our sponsor team won one nil.
2: Yes, you know you love to see it. Love the effect, to see it. the effect.
1: I, yeah, we'd like to thank everyone at the uh, at the Thamesmead Sporting Club for their wonderful hospitality, mm-hmm. VIP suite, and all. All the trimmings, <laughs> it was a really, really, really good day. So, yeah, thank it, you. Today. It, was,
2: it was an amazing day, we had an amazing time. Uh, and hopefully, we can continue doing it more. Awesome! I'm so glad to hear it! So glad to hear we it. will be
1: on the kit. That's what we want. We that, want is this,
0: more, that is fun. That st- is fun. The next step we will be on the. Eyes yeah. on the prize, boys. <laughs> yeah. So, as ever, we give you this podcast. Thanks to those lovely people over at SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and forever pending other platforms.
1: Good God Almighty. We break pending smack dab in half because we are always pending, no matter
3: what. <laughs>
0: All right, so before we get onto our retrospective all about good old JR, Jim Ross, it's time to uh, visit Dan for this week's slightly more condensed version of Wrestling News. dun dun
2: dun dun dun, dun Wrestling Conden- News. Condensed. <laughs> condensed yeah. I'm on four times speed. <laughs> the, the £10 of sausage and a £5 casing of Wrestling News. Absolutely. Um... So, to go over it really quickly, again, if you want to hear our views on the Royal Rumble, go over to uh and see our appearance there, and you'll get basically everything that you need to know. <laughs> basically, this is our free advertisement
0: for those boys to get more ears over today. Go, go them to them. We give them
2: free advertisement if we were not, even if we were not on the show. Exactly. Anyway, <laughs> um, to go over some parts of the news, obviously, in the fallout from the Royal Rumble, we know that Shane McMahon has since been released. <laughs> um... I mean, it's a shock, but then also I vividly remember Vince's tweets on Shane's birthday. <laughs> so I'm sure that was done with zero hesitation. Happy birthday, no. Shane. Who are you again?
0: <laughs> Dad, no, from, from, I from, from, from the su- love
2: me. From, from the sounds of the reports, um, it seems like, obviously, Shane was brought in to basically be the lead for creative on the Rumble. Uh, and then as I said, to these guys basically treated it like a self-insert fanfic. <laughs> basically he was playing
0: WWE Universe and thought, you know what, if I put myself there, put, give myself the highest stats,
2: bingo. Now he's doing it yeah, in I'm real like, life. And <laughs> like let, let let's just be let's just be real, like hardly anything about the men's rumble made sense. <laughs> just, oh, to, just to just yeah. just just to just to like put that additional bit of context in. Um <laughs> But no, so obviously that this has since happened. Um, I mean, it feels crazy to see. Yep. But like, obviously, un- understanding a bit more of the situation, apparently he had mad backstage heat because of it. Which mm-hmm. I mean, yes, yes. Yeah. Thanks. Um, Thanks. But then again, like um, reading the stuff from Fightful, where people were saying, or they had reports from people who were talking saying about like where where they are right now and how you are know, disappointed they feel just generally. Mm-hmm. Like it hurts. Apparently
0: oh, the yeah. hurts. the morale is the lowest it has been in an incredibly long time.
1: Yes, I, I've heard um I literally just recently saw that uh, a lot of the heat is on um is is like people are not happy with how Big is being treated in the locker room. Yeah. Like like generally so yeah. Mm, it's uh, not great, Bob. Not great.
0: No, I feel... I, I f- gosh, where do you go from here for that company when you've... When, when one event where you're guaranteed to at least have people talking has become a, is, is a fart. It's become a fart. Yeah. yeah. Normally,
1: normally, I see Twitter blow up with the Royal Rumble. Not a peep this year.
0: I think mean, the only I mean, thing it, it, ever, it only blew
2: th- up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, did it? Oh dear! It blew oh, up no. in all the worst ways possible. Yeah, Nick. I was gonna say
2: it, like it, it, blew up not for the right reasons.
0: <laughs> but at least I guess the one saving grace is that Johnny Knoxville throws elbows like Mitsuhara
2: Misawa through them. <laughs> That's what I mean. The new king of strong style. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the new, tri- the new all Japan Triple Crown. Oh, as I,
2: as I christened him. Joshi Knoxville.
0: <laughs> uh,
2: Josh. Joshi Knoxville. Oh, man. Um, but then, I mean, obviously following this same fallout, uh, I'm going to say the fallout of uh, Renee's interview with, with Nia Jax, <laughs> where Nia Jax seemingly implicated that a loss of WWE talent had faked vaccination cards, which is um, a oh. statement. Oh, no. Yes. Um... And she mm. said that she said that with chest. no, oh yeah, she and, really did. And like, and like, there's obviously the whole part about um, myself feeling personally disappointed that Renee really didn't follow up on that big piece of information.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that 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 requires some elaboration
2: because that that's like a just a huge statement to say, but also be in the context of everything that's happened. I, I really feel like you shouldn't be passing that point over in the conversation. I feel
0: as well. Maybe Renee was getting onto that. I'm not getting myself involved in another. It, it, oh, I'm not getting myself involved in a cult cabana situation where if I say something, well, and that's, it the, gets thing. Caught, that's I, the thing. I
2: get put in court. Fair. <laughs> like I, I like I un, I understand it. Mm. Um, but like, but you don't I mean, gloss over that shit. <laughs> obviously, obviously, Nia Jacks. Making that statement is huge, mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and again, clearly, clearly speaks to um, a level of organizational oversight. I'm gonna say. <laughs> Remember, this is
0: the this this is the same company whose practices, uh for for the beginning of all this, were checking your temperature and asking you questions. Are you feeling okay? cool, you can go in. Like. And they got an award. And they had an award for... Gra- they got an award for great COVID protection in
2: 2020. Yeah, but wasn't, but wasn't that given by the state of Florida? Yes, yes it was. <laughs> Which, you know, essential business and all that. Wrestling
0: is an essential business.
2: <laughs> but, um, like I said, like it's just... I I, I don't even know how to compute... No, what's going to happen with that? But I mean, I guess it remains to be seen what happens from here. Because then it becomes a thing of did the company willingly allow and encourage it? Or is it a you know they, they made no attempts to check? And, and obviously, who the who the fuck is the root source of people getting fake vaccination cards? Yes. <laughs> yeah. It was me, Austin. Oh, we're oh, we're, oh, talk, we're talking the span of like, I don't know, a good seven, eight months. Yeah. It was me, Austin. <laughs> and, and and of course, that, that coming with the thing of appara- that there were apparently people who were fired because they wouldn't follow vaccination protocols. Mm. <clears throat> so, that's a messy, messy, messy idea. So, that's a giant fucking mess.
0: <laughs> yeah. an interesting dump fire. one that we'll definitely be looking yeah, no. at <laughs> I, mm.
2: I guess i guess the biggest thing i can say is huge if true yeah uh-huh.
1: yeah yeah that's basically it and
2: like i don't i i i mean i have like i want to say i have doubts on the validity i see it as an entirely real thing <laughs> it's just I, it's I just, would... it's, just, it's just crazy to me that someone would say that with chest on social media yeah,
1: yeah. I'm I'm on the lines of it. Probably someone has done it. Whether it is rampant is another question. And that yeah. if it's rampant, then that's like, oh, okay. This needs to be investigated because holy shit. Yeah. It'd
0: be- an internal investigation into going to parties that I was a part of, but didn't realise that they were parties. Yeah, did I just? It was a, a work joke? event. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, it's, yeah, that's it. That's what they'll say. It's a work yeah. event.
2: <laughs>
0: did I just make a political
2: joke on i
0: pokemon Unfortunately, them we are unfortunate. See,
2: unfortunately, unfortunately, you have, but also, there's already precedent, so there's nothing you can do now.
0: Fuck, you're right.
2: Because I know I did that a good couple like ages ago. <laughs> <laughs> I I said something similar. Can't remember what. Doesn't matter. I won't be taking questions. Ah, oh, dang it!
0: Uh, <laughs> all right, then should we uh, should we see and uh, just talk a little bit about what happened this week in terms of shows? Yeah. Raw. Ah, nothing happened. Let's go over to NXT.
2: <laughs> the okay. Let me just preface this by saying the only thing that I I know happened with NXT this week is they had a. A, a vignette for is it Tiffany Stratton? Yes. Oh no. Oh Yeah that- they had they had a vignette for her and like apparently she does music in she does music in the vignette. I can't remember exactly yes. what. With a blue anyway, ma- she- with a blue Yeti microphone on a yeah. pole my ass. but like alright but here's the thing though right because they I I only watched like part of it when I was on the train. Yeah. <laughs> um and so I all I remember is there was this bit about where she was like, uh, and when I attacked the ring, like how I attacked the track, I was like, "Wow, your offense must be shit." Then <laughs> <laughs> she was like, "Yeah, I, I do it like I attack the track," and I was listening to it and like. Um, you know that, uh, the, that TikTok that um, x Free did? Yes, yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. He's I like, t- yo, that shit was ass, though. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's
0: this. <laughs> that, oh my God. I just thought when I was looking at it, it was that like they got rid of Hit Row for this. They got mm. rid of Hit Row. For the- Somewhere Sage Strickland's going, fuck, I dodged a bullet You know there. what I'm
2: just realising as well, that... Happening in this month too. What? Uh-huh. <laughs> for, for 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 those that don't know, it, it's Black History Month in the US. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, and I know it's I know it sounds silly that I'm making these jokes and I'm white.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and other news in terms of NXT, we had Imperium defeating the Diamond Mine. Uh... They're still trying to push push Gunther. They're st- God bless them, they're trying. God uh, bless them? Bless them? Is that what we want to say here? Bless? I mean if there's one person I want to bless, it's
2: Malcolm Bivens. Yeah, but Malcolm Bivens is gold, as as shown <laughs> by his appearance in the new legacy Royal Rumble sim.
0: <laughs> He's based. <laughs> he, he, he is, is the, indeed based.
2: Malcolm <laughs> Bivens is the same height as Momos. <laughs> This is already confirmed. We already knew he was the same height as Andre the Giant. So. <laughs>
0: we had Raquel Gonzalez in a match with Cora Jade, which wasn't too bad at all. Saray being a uh, Japanese schoolgirl now.
2: No, right. It's fucking Sailor Moon. They're doing Sailor Moon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, oh, God, now
2: that you've... Yeah, they are. We had Bron Breaker
0: and Chamasso Champer in a good tag match with Legado Del Fantasma. Quite enjoyed that.
2: See, but looking at that on a card, I'm like, that's guaranteed money. Yes. Yeah. Like, that, you just know that's going to be sick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Heading on over to SmackDown, and Ronda Rousey finally made her decision about what she was going to do.
2: Again, Yay. the only thing I know about this promo is she kept saying, Rebecca, yes. that's it. Rebecca,
0: Rebecca. Rebecca. Rebecca? Uh, has anyone told you that I'm a turf, Rebecca? Sorry. Sorry. No no no, 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 talk no, 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 no. Talk your no, talking. Talk your talking. No, I'm not going to. Uh oh I believe Ooh. in I believe in pebbles. Um
1: We I I um we at the sweet chinweg have our have our opinions very unanimous <laughs> with this. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, trans rights are human rights. Moving yeah, on. Absolutely. So
0: on SmackDown, we had uh, we had this weird thing of now, oh, Ricochet and Cesaro are now a team. Wait, what? Ricochet and Cesaro are now a team, and they're going after Ridge Holland and Sheamus. I mean, I don't hate it, but... Okay. Eh? Ricochet finally had a victory over Ridge Holland in 220, but then good old Teddy Long kept... Well, I, said, no, I should say the Teddy Long booking came out, and then it was a tag match! <laughs>
2: Did you know this? Is the more the low- things change, the more they stay the same. In
0: the lowest rated match of the entire card, apparently it was whatever according to Cage Match. That is, uh, as of right now, two point nine eight stars out of five. Brilliant. Um, we had Jimmy, Jimmy Uso with Jay defeating Eric of the Viking Raiders in two minutes ten. We had a Leah defeating Natalia by count out. Yay. <laughs> God, we had Shinsuke Nakamura with Rick Boogs defeating Jinder Mahal with Shanky. Where is Veer Mahan? Nah. He's still lost at the airport. He's still somewhere. coming
2: to Raw. He's still coming to Raw. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then the big one, which again, uh, something we touched upon earlier is that um, the New Day, the team of Big E and Kofi defeats Los Lafarios in the main event. And this is where I say, then why in the fuck did you just split up Big E if this was the end game for Big E all along?
2: There is no PM, end game. because they're confused heavily. <laughs> there is
0: no end game, Sam, and I think you to just. Uh, uh, should I be disappointed for just even bringing
2: it up? No, no. I want to make, no. make sure every single opportunity that Big that Big E gets every single flower he rightfully deserves. Same with Kofi and Woods. Yes. It's just a shame that the entire company is like, "I'm sorry, all our flowers died twenty years ago."
0: <laughs> <laughs> should we go on to a little bit more kind of positive stuff? Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Let's go over to W Dynamite, and um, well, something that <laughs> could, that could have started off really bad ended up actually being something really freaking good. We had a opening match with John Moxley versus Wheelie Utah in a very very good match. And honestly, people stop sleeping on Wheelie Uter and saying that he isn't good. He really that is it,
2: good. I don't care what anyone's saying. He's that. He's part of the future for for them. Yes, and this ended with Moxley
0: defeating Utah. By the way, Wheeler Utah was being accompanied by Orange Cassidy and, uh, and uh, Dan Housen. <laughs> and Dan Housen it, cursed John it, Moxley. <laughs> it is only right. <laughs> it is only right. <laughs> but after Moxley defeated Utah, Brian Danielson came out to not challenge him to a match, but to actually bond together as a team. And bring in Wheeler Utah Lee Moriarty and Daniel Garcia under their wings to form a super team and guide Doug. the future of professional wrestling Come to on. unprecedented <laughs> heights. To which I say, <laughs> fuck yes, I want this. I really want this.
2: Let me let me get that, right? Give me what team angle was supposed what should have been. Oh. <laughs> oh. 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 Yes. Yes, like, like just, just the art, just like the absolute vet. I mean, in a guess, in a way, diamond mine. But sad. like less, but like less cursed. Yes, <laughs> I want this. Like just, like just, like just a, a veteran wrestler just being like, these kids are hanging around. You know, it's like they're saying, like these kids are hanging around. Stupid people. Let me coach them. Them and just make them absolute killers. It's basically like Cobra Kai but wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you when he puts it like that, Riadon,
0: that sounds incredible. Yes, I know. <laughs> Which is like, judging by the audience reaction, I think people would would really like this, and I would say no to it. I mean, if it gives me the opportunity of seeing Brian, like, in the way of hazing... Let's well, say not hazing them, but initiating them by kicking their heads in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all for that. <laughs> we had a really good tag match after that, with the Kings of the Black Throne defeating Death Triangle.
2: Dog, I... I just like spooky bastards. <laughs> <laughs> and Pack has been a bit of a spooky bastard as of late as well. <laughs> He's always been a spooky bastard.
0: <laughs> oh man, it's great. It, you know what? It's just great
2: seeing uh Malachi Black in his element. It, it's just so being good, though, right? Seeing him, seeing him in his element. Obviously, seeing Brody King because Broody King's awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But man, just like the potential they have in just running Malachi Black versus Pac yes it's just it's just like it's frankly illegal (laughs) (laughs) they could run that like 14 times and get 14 different matches out of it oh yeah no absolutely which is just why i'm so it's why i'm
0: like eating up this rivalry at the moment because it's just like just just feed me more like right back no no don't add right back to it no but (laughs)
2: don't give me right back we
0: we can miss that but, yes, give me more of this rivalry because I absolutely love it. Absolutely give me more of it. Like, we had a singles match, Nyla Rose uh, defeating Ruby Soho. It was it was an okay match. I wasn't against it. Certainly wasn't against it, but I think anything they had could have would definitely would have been overshadowed by the main event. MJF yeah. versus CM Punk in his hometown of Chicago in a barnstormer of a match. Not the most perfect match, may I add, but it was a Barnstormer of a match that went nearly forty minutes. Brilliant match, and saw MJF pick up the W and CM Punk's first mm-hmm. loss in AEW. Good decision. Good decision. Strong decision. Very strong decision. Uh, um, I liked it. It was, as I said, very strong match. Very solid match. Not the most perfect match by any stretch of the imagination. I uh, didn't need to be. Exactly. Didn't uh, really need to be. Because if this sets up, if this sets up another match down the road, which God, I mean, if anything, this definitely does set up another match down the road. Oh yeah, it's going to pay per view. This is this oh, perfect first chapter. I was worried. I think a lot of people were worried about MJF. It seemed like he was getting a bit before this whole rivalry started. It seemed to be going a bit off the wayside. I'd say probably the influence of Chris Jericho got to him a little bit. Potentially. Um, especially the trolling stuff, which I felt that well, seems yeah. to have been Jericho's <clears throat> kind of MO recently with kind well, of yeah, but
2: I've been getting I've been get well, I've been getting like a little bit of heat because I've been talking about Jericho's commentary on Rampage. <laughs> It's where I'm like Jericho's commentary style is just saying stuff very loud and with a lot of confidence, even if it means absolutely nothing and contributes nothing to the conversation. I mean, that is true, though. <clears throat> <clears throat> to, which I, to which I say, I wonder where he learned that from. And I'm not going to answer that question. I'll let you fill in the blanks for yourself.
0: <laughs> but no honestly uh mjf uh, mjf is on on great form once more um I, I really hope that it seems like being being in this program with Punk has really has really helped him in terms of his timing his his uh his promo skills once more and he worked really well in the ring with punk in that match you did I'm already impressed by him rampage was good as well. Evil Uno was had a good match with Adam Cole. Even though it didn't go too long, I quite liked Evil Unos in that match with Adam Cole. <laughs> we had Sammy Kafara defeating Isaiah Cassidy. Um in a, in a in a solid TNT title match. We had Thunder Rosa defeating Mercedes uh Mercedes uh sorry, Mercedes Martinez. I'll eventually mm-hmm. get it out via DQ. Seriously, come on company tony thunder rosa make it soon rather than later (laughs) you know thunder rosa is is gonna be the one that wins that title (laughs) and a good f uh, ftw um title match with ricky starks picking up the win against redacted
2: yeah all i'm gonna say is that finish was so hot i don't even care (laughs) It was a really good. Finish. That, that finish was so good.
0: Honestly, uh, I mean, I know it keeps being said over and over again. But honestly, Ricky Starks is one of the better promo guys they have. He, in he AWS. is.
2: Like, he is genuinely money for them. They need to like just start strapping him up.
0: Just no, no. I love it. I love it so. <laughs> but apart from that, I mean, that's pretty much everything that had been happening in uh, in. The world of AEW and WWE. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of every, anything else, I mean, I heard uh, Impact was not a bad show. It was actually a really good non-title match with Jonathan Gresham versus Steve Macklin. I heard it was that really was a good, good
2: that was that was that was a good match. And the only major Impact news I heard was about the terms of Mickey James appearing in the Rumble. Yes, yes, please. which was that was it? Wasn't it that they could only they could only say Impact? Hmm. Basically. Yeah. And they could say they could say knockouts champion. Yes. They couldn't say anything else. They couldn't call it impact wrestling. It, yeah. it was just impact. <laughs> Not TNA.
0: Not any of that bullshit. <laughs> oh, by the way, Matt Cardona has now fully embraced his heel <laughs> persona and is now a heel in impact after he defeated Jordan Grace for the
2: impact digital media title. <laughs> See like like it, it it's it sounds silly and I understand what they're going for but also <laughs> it makes them sound like like every person at company is just a massive boomer.
0: <laughs> it does sound like a corporation going, "We need to attack our digital media front strong and by the end of our quarter of, of, of Q3 2023 we'll have 250,000 subscribers on our YouTube
2: channel." No, but it, it's the thing it's the thing of like they're there and they're like, well, we would have a TV title, but you know, that's not what the young ones that's not what the young people like now. You know, they're all there on their 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 social media and their digital world. And they came up with that name. I'm just like, oh, come on. <laughs> also, come may on. I
0: just say, I'm really happy to say that Darius Lockhart is now in the finals for the NWA World Junior Heavyweight title, and I'm saying this right now, yeah. Billy, if there's a good decision you want to make, you give Darius Lockhart the Jr. heavyweight championship. It just needs to happen. It's only right. I mean, I know who's who's who he's facing in the finals, so it's like and if you give him the title, that is a big mistake. I'm I'm just saying. Yeah, Alright, <laughs> uh, You gotta cap. You gotta capitalize on it. Absolutely, do capitalize on it. He had a very solid match against Arya Davari as well, Darius Lockhart. So if mm-hmm. you go out of your way to watch that on NWA's YouTube channel, it's a bloody good match. And Arya Davari is always bloody good. So if you knew it was going to be a good match. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, in terms of all of that stuff, that's kind of what I've had in... The, that I've been watching in the world of wrestling. Anything else, Dan? Or are we clear to proceed?
2: <laughs> we are, in
0: fact, clear to proceed. Awesome. Reardon, what have you got for us over at Recommendation Corner?
1: Two things, actually. Um, one is uh, a game that we've been looking forward to for a while is coming out uh, at the time of this recording in the next couple of days, Ooh. which is Sifu.
0: Oh, yes. Ah, oh, yeah. yeah.
3: For
1: those of you who do not know, Sifu is a roguelike kung fu beat-'em-up game where you, it's basically, do you want to play the raid? Great, there's Sifu now. <laughs> um uh the reviews have come out um the reviews are are mostly positive um the the ones that are on the less positive side seem to be on the this game is extremely difficult part so if you are not Ah. a big fan of difficulty this might not be for you um looking around to it it's gonna be like um it sounds like it's another it's like a modern version of God Hand. And Ooh. as someone who plugged God Hand, despite never, ever completing God Hand, <laughs> that sounds like a recommendation for me. So check out the reviews if you if you're not quite sure. But I think it's gonna be a recommendation for me. I think I'm I'm definitely gonna try and check it out. Yeah,
2: I'm I'm definitely interested in it. I'm yeah. definitely interested. You know,
1: yeah, and, you know, I don't normally go these days with video games. I don't normally. It's been a while since of I'm going to just straight up give a game a shot. Mm. and But I think with Sifu, I'm going to do it. But that's not my major recommendation.
2: Oh, okay. Guys,
1: how do you feel about Need for Speed? Hmm complicated <laughs> complicated that's interesting <laughs> that's interesting
0: i i i i i remember playing um underground and underground <laughs> Two, but that's probably about it as long as as
2: long as it's like that kind of i mean basically i after like need for speed carbon <laughs> i kind of i kind of tuned out of the series it just it just became uninteresting to me no, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Well,
1: I think you'll be very interested in this video by a YouTuber and animator Noodle, like 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 the food noodle, or in my okay. brain, or in my brain, gorillas is noodle. Um, yes, <laughs> showing 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 my my age bracket, frankly. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Need for Speed: A History, talking about well, Need for Speed, and it is hilarious. Noodle is one of my favorite like there's a great like shout out to all those animate shout out to the animation corner of YouTube you guys do great work yeah, yes like, like top to bottom just fantastic stuff but noodle has been a particular fave of mine who has done a lot of great videos so I really recommend they recommend them also a uh, slight recommendation they um their they're pr- probably their magnum opus talking about Um, What were they talking about? Yeah. Talking about motion, talking about like motion um, smoothness Hmm. with TVs and how it ruins everything, especially animation and how people doing it suck. It's great. It's a great, great video. So that is definitely my recommendation
0: Lovely, lovely.
1: And just, so and just, cool. to, and just. To, and just to stick my um, my just for the record, um, in terms of my Need for Speed history, I'm a burnout guy. I've always been a burnout guy. That's burnout fair. Revenge, burnout revenge was the best one of the series. Don't at me.
2: But all I want to say is, all I going to say is, like for my Need for Speed fans, I can just say Need for Speed Most Wanted, and then everyone will be know exactly what I'm on about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, listen, listen,
1: but for, for for all the burnout heads out there. Burnout Paradise is a masterpiece. Yes. But Burnout Revenge is the best Burnout game.
0: Yes. Wasn't Burnout Revenge the one where they had Orpheus by Ash in the soundtrack? Maybe because um, that is like me, the best. That is the best Burnout song they had on the licensed soundtrack. I'm not gonna lie. Uh,
1: my, I, I uh, my, my. Because I'm a German basshead, uh, the best um, Burnout song is "Flyover" from um, Asian Dub Foundation. Thumbed that down. is,
2: yeah, that's a good shout as well. You know, that is a that's a strong huge. choice.
3: Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. All right. So before we get on to this, we're going
0: to debut a brand new segment for the podcast. The time has arrived <laughs> because it is time for the six degrees of Jarrett. <laughs> yes. We have talked about Jeff Jarrett way too much on this podcast, and it all came to a head on, on our appearance on the Rest Things podcast. So in light and in lieu of that, we're gonna debut a brand new segment or a uh, debut a brand new segment where you, the lovely people of our community over at Sweet Chinwag, and on our Twitter and on our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash sweet chinwag. Will give us the name of a wrestler and we're gonna to try to figure out in six six degrees or so, hopefully, if they I can somehow get connected yeah. back to Jeff Jarrett. We do have one for this week for our
2: debut segment, don't we, Dan? We do. Uh as provided by the Lovely Wolves Wrestling. Uh shout out to you. Fantastic. He has given me W. Morrissey, aka Big Cass. Ooh. Ooh. Now, as far as I'm aware, after sifting through Cage Match, he has a Jarrett number of two. Ooh. And I found, I believe, three ways to do this. (laughs) There may be more. That's even better. So, we have. The easy route. (laughs) Uh, From the 12th of July, 2016, WWE Thursday Night SmackDown, (laughs) Big Cass and Enzo Amore versus The Club, AJ Styles and Carl Anderson, to their Eddie-AJ Styles versus Jeff Jarrett match from like early NWA TNA. There's probably like 60 of them. Yes, yes, there is.
0: Or should we take the most cursed one, which was AJ versus Jeff Jarrett for the NWA World's
2: Heavyweight Championship with Tito Ortiz, a special guest referee? Don't don't worry. It only gets more cursed from here. (laughs) To which we have... Big Cass and Enzo Amore versus... uh, versus the Dudley Boys. From, again, that same July 2016... WWE WWE Live SummerSlam Heatwave Tour.
3: <laughs>
2: there was also another match between them on like an episode on like an edition of Raw or something. Yeah, but like that's there. Anyway, yeah. I set myself an extra challenge, oh, okay. which was to only use the W Morrissey gimmick. Ooh oh, okay. Which gave me this. Oh God! From his most recent TV match, actually. W. Morrissey versus Brian Myers from the 22nd of January 2022. Which And you're going to be amazed by this. (laughs) This is the cursed one. (laughs) Links to Brian Myers through... And I'll just pull it up to make sure I get it right. From Impact Wrestling... On the 29th of July, 2015, the winner-takes-all lethal lockdown match between Team TNA and Team GFW.
0: <laughs> oh, 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 no. It's wow. a global force of wrestling. <laughs> by Jerick
2: Gold, by Jerick Gold. Which, which featured Team TNA as Bram, Drew Galloway, Lashley, and the walls made up of Davia Richards and Eddie Edwards versus Brian Myers... Chris Masters, Eric Young, Sonjay Dutt, and Jeff Jarrett. Oh, that's a GFW. And again, in <laughs> each in, in each case, uh, we got, we are left with a Jarrett number of two.
0: Absolutely. That is a solid episode and a solid choice to start out. If you have any suggestions of any wrestlers for us, please do at us at Sweet Chinwag or do if you are on Patreon do throw it onto our Discord channel. You can also there.
2: do it at, uh, on Instagram uh, uh, at Sweet Podcast, Yes.
0: Or anywhere where you can find us on social media, do throw us a suggestion, we'll pick it up. And that was our debut episode of The Six Degrees of Jarrett. Oh, imagine <laughs> if we get Jeff on and we have to do that part with him. <laughs>
1: That would be very interesting. That would be very, very interesting. I
2: mean, then officially we would have the first case of a Jarrett number of zero because that is Jeff Jarrett himself. <laughs> that is true. Jerry Jarrett. No, um, his own
0: dad. <laughs> All right, with that, it is time to get on to our, our main part of this episode, the JR Retrospective. Gentlemen, what a feel-good story this is about this man. So before we get into it, and how I always like to start at the beginning. Your thoughts and feelings on Jim Ross, the announcer.
1: The voice of wrestling. The, that's
0: that's it. The voice of my childhood.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think the thing is, for me, when I think of wrestling commentator, I just think of JR. <laughs> yes. Yeah the man the man announcing almost every wrestling game i had well but it's well, not, even, Tony it's, not even, it's not even that though cuz like when i think about it when we think about like iconic wrestling calls yes it's basically all jr it's all jr
0: all jr <laughs> oh man this one is going to be so much fun all right so let us start at the beginning good old JR, James William Ross born on January 1952 in California <gasps> he's not even from
2: Oklahoma
0: <laughs> wow oh my god, god. 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 Hey, oh god. My god. god what the fuck are you born, serious yeah born in Fort Bragg, California in 1952
2: <laughs> wow Oh man, this is we've be been okay. lied to. <laughs> okay, okay, okay.
0: Keep going, keep going. It would, it does come as no surprise that he quickly that him and his family were from Oklahoma and moved to, back to Oklahoma when he was
2: young. Okay, all right. The, the timeline oh, is safe. The timeline okay. is safe. Okay, thank God. All right.
0: <laughs> he was uh, like with most people that come into wrestling, a, an accomplished kind of very athletic sports centric person uh, during your time uh, in Westfield High School Ross played first base in the uh, in the school's baseball team and he also became okay. a two-time all conference football player for the Westfield Yellow Jackets in 1968 nice. and 1969 uh, if you want to know more about his parents, his maternal grandparents owned a general store in the in the area, and his and his uh, maternal grandfather D Ross was uh, owned an off sale beer store and was also a carpenter. So like this
2: is true. Like nice. this is this is this is this is someone who's pure unbridled it's, Oklahoma. It's giving small town, real small town vibes. So here
0: here here is some stuff that really interested me. Ross, this was the president of the student body at his school. And would you believe a four-year letterman in basketball? Okay, wait, well, oh, cool. I need anyway. How tall is JR? <laughs> JR is billed as Where is it? Where is his he build height? Gimme six foot.
2: Really? Yeah, he's a J- Iver... JR, Alan JR was on the point? Yeah? Yo <laughs> That I've always assumed
1: that JR was like five foot eight
2: yo jr's running point though that's, okay that's wow All right. and did you know
0: he was also the state vice president for the future farmers of america
2: <laughs> that's so aggressively oklahoma no i believe that i believe that a lot more than <laughs> that
1: is and, so oklahoma and JR, and jr being six foot and playing basketball i believe <laughs> i believe that one
0: so it, there comes as no surprise of how how amazing his dulcet tones are that he was the ffa oklahoma speech champion in 1968 and 1969 and was a runner-up in the national speech championships in 1969 okay hey, huh. so there's just there's just a championship for speeching for the future farmers of america yes that's <laughs> okay he was awarded okay. the Future Farmer of America's State Degree in 1970, which is the organization's second highest award. And in the okay, same. Okay, now I need
2: to know what's the highest.
0: <laughs> That's the same. It's probably probably national, national degree. Then? It would probably be national degree. He would rank... He would run for and was elected Vice President of the FFA Northeast District in the same year. <laughs> What king? <laughs> he was also named as an honourable mention in the 1969 high school All-State football team by the Tulsa World as a centre. He was a sporty dude, but also had Yo. quite a knack,
2: knack for speeches. Yo. So, four-year letterman in basketball, an American football centre, <laughs> all-time uh, two-time and... all-conference football player. And State no! Vice President for the Future
0: Varmers of, of America. <laughs> what a guy. What a dude. And it comes as no surprise with all of that, he did incredibly well academically, reaching the National Honor Society in his sophomore hey. year. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay, hang on.
1: So, JR is basically like a fucking Renaissance man. He is absolutely a Renaissance man. <laughs> He's, the way he's described, he's basically Oklahoman Hank McCoy. That's.
2: <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Like, wow, okay. So, All right. Uh, this man's wasted on the wrestling business. <laughs>
0: He yeah. did, in that how he received uh, an award for maintaining a 3.6 grade point average in his junior year as well. I have no idea what that means, but apparently it's good. Yeah, apparently that yeah. is very good. <laughs> but he also, and as well as just a little bit in his early life, uh, in 1969, going back a year, he re- he served as a treasurer as well for the Oklahoma Boys State. This this dude had, he, had his hand... In
2: pretty much everything during his time in school. If you just imagine, right, there's there's an alternate reality where Jr. is like the senator for Oklahoma. (laughs) Real
1: talk, like that sounds like that sounds like the route he's going, which is
0: kind of like. So wait, why is he in wrestling? (laughs) (laughs) We'll get to it. This is the bit where I'm gonna get. Like, (laughs) let's talk about how he stumbled upon professional wrestling in 1974. He, at that time, was actually quite a big fan and was had always loved watching wrestling. And it was during his tenure in Northeastern State University that he'd spent time commentating on college radio. Uh, you know, college football, college basketball, anything yep. that he could do and lend his voice to, he absolutely would. And with that experience, he was given the opportunity to fill in a broadcast position at the local NWA Tri-State Territory. It was after... Actually, he managed to get that after an announcer was unable to appear at one of the events. So it's kind of like by sheer okay. kind of like luck he managed to get himself in there. After his arrival in the promotion, though, Ross first worked as a referee starting in 1974. And he remained a referee until 1977 when he trans- transitioned to the promotion's broadcast team. This... Uh, this is kind of nuts when you think about it. And there is pictures going around if you see of Jr.'s early life
2: in the referee yeah. stripes. It looks wrong. <laughs> it looks so. Yeah. It's blurred, basically, is what it is. <laughs> I just love the thing of that he was on like college radio, and then they're like, "Hey, do you want to like take this opportunity?" Yeah, our other announcer didn't have, didn't turn up. So like, if you want in, and then just yeah. like, yeah, oh, we'll make you a referee. Well, we'll keep you around, make you a yeah. Referee. It's just like you want to be, it's like okay, we'll bring you in as like an announcer's affiliate. Hey, by the way, do you want to be a referee? <laughs> Oh man! So after Bill, Watch- uh, Bill Watts' Bill Watts's
0: purchase of NWA Tri-State in 1982 and re-chrissing in it to Mid South Wrestling, Ross was promoted to the promotion's lead play-by-play commentator and also became the vice president of marketing for the company. It was during. I mean, the-
2: I, 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 I assume yeah, I, just, I, I, as, I assume
1: just as like just as a side hustle, apparently.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, you get the get the smartest guy in the room to be like the president of, of advertising your company because I'm pretty sure you're gonna get very far off. that. <laughs> but it was also during that time when he became the lead play-by-play that he was able to call his very first NWA World Heavyweight Championship match, which featured Rick Flair against Ted DBRC. Interesting. Which brings very us to his huh. time in Jim Crockett Promotions and WCW. When Jim Crockett Jr. brought the world, uh, the Universal Wrestling Federation, and merged yeah, that it with was Jim the... Crockett Promotions, the UWF.
2: W- say, we should say that this is when the, Bill uh, Watts'
0: UWF.
2: Bill I Watts' UWF that bought out Mid South and rechristened it UWF. Yes, and then fucking died. <laughs> died a horrible death. No, uh,
0: it was that it was after that happened that merge happened. Ross joined JCP, began doing color commentary alongside David Crockett and Tony Schiavone <laughs> With this new position, Ross became the head play-by-play man for the National Wrestling Alliance. He would continue to hone his skills as JCP, eventually morphed into World Championship Wrestling following the per- uh, the purchase of the promotion by Ted Turner, which we have gone over in our history yeah. of WCW episode. <laughs> Shout out Ted Turner. <laughs> We know that in 1991, WCW left the NWA and Ross was teamed with former broadcaster of the NWA, Bob Caldwell. In 92, he also spent one season, believe it or not, he also spent a season as a commentator for the Atlanta Falcons and their radio broadcasts. (laughs) What? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Which, 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 as we know, comes in very handy as
2: we get to two thousand and one. But I digress. <laughs> yeah, I know. But like the, the 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 thing about this is, is that there's there's so much of going through this. Is just like so they pivoted him to this one thing that was like wild, and then this other thing happened. Oh yeah, by the way, he also just they also just gave him this to do. <laughs> I'm just like, where does this stop?
0: I was going to say,
2: they're all owned by Turner. He'll be like, ah, I'll yeah. just throw,
0: everywhere, everywhere. Just throw a bit everywhere. My guy's got like running like five jobs at once. <laughs> <laughs> so with all of this, Ross did wait, work his way up the WCW ladder and would become the head of broadcasting. But it was during this time that he would end up forming quite a contentious relationship with one of WCW's newest acquisitions, a co- new commentator, and eventually would become executive of the company, one, Eric Bischoff. Oh,
2: no, no. <laughs> now, according
0: to Ross, Bischoff, who had reported to him, did a really good job of selling himself, of getting being able to get the job as the commentator. And he sold himself really well to the executives of WCW as well. Uh, but according to Bischoff as well, Ross mistreated him and others, mostly in de- in deference to uh, Ross's then supervisor Bill Watts. And when Bischoff was eventually promoted to executive producer in 1993, Ross demanded and received his release.
2: Yeah, I'm not surprised though.
0: <laughs> it was yeah. during this time, it was during this negotiation where he wanted his release that he had a three year contract of Turner Broadcasting but he took an immediate buyout for fear that he would not get work elsewhere due to being taken off for television for a long period of time. Now...
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I don't
0: blame him like a single bit on that. Now, uh. Mick finally claims that Ross resigned from WCW's booking committee, uh, committee uh, before that or something like that, or oh, the timeline gets a little bit mm-hmm. skewed and mixed up Who, depending on who you tell. Um, he would then be eventually replaced in that role by Eric Bischoff. And this is where we get to his time in the WWF. He was quickly hired in 93 by the World Wrestling Federation. I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> and he made his on-screen debut at WrestleMania 9, dressed in a
2: toga at Caesar's Palace car park. <laughs> JR, I'm so sorry for you. <laughs> what a way to get a, make a start. Had to ball. be fucking WrestleMania 9. <laughs> he would take
0: after that he would take over from guerrilla monsoon and the uh, the wrestling challenge shows that they would uh broadcast and send out to territories across the country um uh, he would work alongside bobby heenan uh, bobby heenan on that show until heenan left the company in 93 to go to wcw now, Ross was originally the main voice of the WWE pay-per-views when he was first brought in, calling both WrestleMania 9 and King of the Ring with Heenan and Randy Savage. But then, of course, Vince being Vince, he took over the position at pay-per-views, starting with SummerSlam in 1993. Yeah. So with Ross oh. not being able to do much in the way of anything, and now being part of the back, uh, backstage team, Ross thought, Coming up with a very ingenious idea, and honestly, I think it's a very ingenious idea indeed. Ross pitched the idea of Radio WWF to Vince McMahon. The idea is simply this, to be able to have an audio broadcast of pay-per-view events to people who couldn't afford the pay-per-view. Okay, their own AM radio station that they could broadcast not only the pay per views but also talk about news within professional wrestling. As a matter of fact, Ross and the and his co-host Johnny Polo, the Future Raven.
2: All right, okay, okay. There's, you know what? Maybe in the past I'd be willing to allow it. If they brought in Raven now, I would feel terrified by his existence. <laughs> I have listened to I have listened to Raven do commentary on NWA USA. Uh yeah, <laughs> yes. No, that's Raven. What I Raven, I love you, but like, please. <laughs> um,
0: and they would talk about, as I said, news in the world of wrestling. They would help. They would talk about NWA. They would talk about ECW and WCW on Radio WWF.
2: Ah, huh, that. See, okay. I that is, though, right. I I think that is a good idea.
3: Hmm.
2: Like. Obviously, because in a way, it's like, obviously, it's access for people who can't afford to watch the show, but you're still making income from it. Mm. Although I guess also the idea of a pay per listen (laughs) radio show. Nah, that was never going to be
0: paper. Listen, there was like, how could well, you even try and concept that idea? Or like, like, nah. or
2: like, I don't know, however it was going to work, unless they were offering it out, like, or just on AM radio. They were offering out on AM radio, okay. but it was also broadcast as well
0: to uh, the military, as well, to military barracks, yeah. <laughs> and when they would go overseas for events as well, as a way of, you know, uh, broadcasting the pay per views to the, to, the,
2: to the troops.
3: Uh, Because this is
2: going to sound like a stupid thing, right? But there's obviously potential... There's potential in an idea like this now as a form of, like, audio description for blind wrestling fans. Exactly.
0: Apparently, from all intents and purposes from people who listened in, Ross was really, really good and even had Gorilla Monsoon uh, for the real big events that they had in 93 and Radio WWF.
2: No, but I, I mean... J I mean, as J R being a play by play person is the perfect person you want for radio. Exactly exactly guess what though it didn't
0: last it didn't last very long at all as a matter of fact the royal rumble 1994 would be radio wwf's final broadcast and it was during that time that vince being vince poked his finger in it and then decided to make it more vince-like vince took over the shows he eventually took over the almost broadcast duties of some stuff and then micromanaged what they can and cannot say you just imagine
2: turning on like the radio in your car. You just fucking hear Vince. Ah, <laughs> WrestleMania. That would be. I. Mm,
1: I mean. I like. I was about to say I would love to hear it, but then I just thought about about like the podcast stream as it stands with, like. With all the stuff going on, uh, I'm kind of like, you know what? You know what? Actually, maybe. We
2: should I, go all I'm gonna things. say, all I'm gonna say is the actions that I can take. I'm not allowed to say for the fear of uh, safety of people.
0: All I'm <laughs> saying is this: if Conrad Thompson is lining up for for a podcast with Vince once Vince sells the company, all the all the more to you, Conrad. I feel like it's you're the only person who could probably do that. <laughs> so. Oh, boy, this is where it starts to get... Well, my, yeah. As I said, my um, my thoughts on Vince start to go really downhill as if they weren't already downhill. So, Jim Ross was fired from the WWF on February 1994, two weeks after suffering his first attack of Bell's
2: palsy. <sighs> uh, this is a thing that we call the United States... What the fuck? It's so it's so aggressively American. <laughs> I just
0: uh, when I saw that I was like, what? Uh, it's like this is the fir- this is the first punch, right? And it only it's mm. like a, there's there's a three punch combo of them being but being addicted to Jim. This company was actually if there's anything more than like actually no, there isn't any other word I can put it. They were addicted to Jim. Most of the time in these sorts of situations, Mm. but he would quickly pick up work, becoming the announcer for Smoky Mountain Wrestling, and eventually, for a second time,
2: becoming an announcer for the
0: Atlanta Falcons.
2: (laughs) Just, just always ending up back at back in Atlanta. It
1: always, all roads lead to Atlanta.
0: Of course, as everyone knows, Smoky Mountain Wrestling was the uh, the company owned, a promotion owned by Jim Cornette. And this is, you know, where they have guys like the Rock and Roll Express and Eddie Gilbert. And the only person I want to bring up especially, Dr. Death, Steve Williams. Oh, yeah. But we'll get to Steve Williams and JR in a moment. So when... This is a really funny line I have to read. When Vince McMahon was indicted by the United States federal government in
2: 1994. How does it feel saying that? Uh, and the fact he got away with it? <laughs> That's
0: strange. Strange. Uh, with and after, uh, Vince McMahon was unable to commentate Monday Night Raw, and after a few, you few think things, <laughs> after a few weeks of Gorilla Monsoon doing the play-by-play, uh, the WWF quietly rehired Ross to fill in the role for McMahon alongside Randy Savage throughout the summer. After Vince was acquitted, Ross was again let go by the WWF. <laughs> But only this time he was leaking inside information to journalists which if I'm honest good on you Jim honestly yeah. like
1: at that point like like yeah he
0: he's in the right morally here <laughs> uh, I guess what they rehired him at the end of 1994
2: <laughs> let's just run it back let's just let's just go again and he was there, he was
0: relegated to the syndicated programming. So like Superstars, Wrestling I was going to say, so
2: is that like this is, well, this would be pre yeah, this would be pre like Shotgun and all of that. So yeah, yeah it would have been like Superstars. Uh,
0: he would eventually uh, be promoted and rejoin the primary primary announced team in the summer of 1996. Which brings us to 19, 19, September 96 and Jim Ross's Really weird heel turn,
2: because that's what you need from Jim Ross. That's uh, yes.
0: Following Scott Hall and Kevin Nash's departure from the WWF to oh, WCW, no. and their debut as the Outsiders, Ross began to proclaim uh, on television that he was still in touch with Razor Ramon and Diesel, and, claim, to me. and claimed don't that he would be bringing me. them back to the WWF. Uh, oh. In storyline, WWF president Gorilla Monsoon said that Hall and Nash were under contract with another organization and ordered Ross to cease and desist, mentioning them on air. On the September 24, 96 episode of Monday Night Raw, JR delivered a work shoot promo, which he ran down the chairman Vince McMahon, outing him as chairman and not just a commentator for the very first time on television. He debuted his new Diesel ad Razor. Oh, I'm so claiming glad that WWF owned the license and that they could make anyone fill the roles of Razor Ramon and Diesel. Basically, this. Is Vince McMahon using Jim Ross as his own mouthpiece, so as to not take any of the, so for Vince not to take any of the heat whatsoever?
2: Yeah, this was this is just Vince being like, "Hey, by the way, take take the hit for me on this one." <clears throat> wow. So anyway, you- I'm glad to know that Jim Ross had like was technically part of the start of one of wrestling's greatest philosophical questions. <laughs>
1: <laughs> which is
2: what um, how how far does a gimmick extend yes is oh, it the God. gimmick or does it extend through to the person themselves oh we're not having that discussion we're not having that discussion if you want to read about the discussion by Philos- philosophy smackdown by uh, Douglas Edwards
0: is it safe to say, or would it be safe to, to let you guys know that it was not real received by fans? It was poorly yeah, no, received sure. by fans. You had
2: to see what, all you had to say was fake diesel, and then I'd be like, okay, I know exactly how this
0: went. <laughs> uh, would you believe it as well that the fans outright did not buy Jim Ross as a heel, and uh, he There's was quickly stuff.
2: turned it's... back into a face? It's good old JR. <laughs> <laughs> He's the play-by-play guy. Yes. He shouldn't be involved in storylines. He just says what happens in the ring. <laughs> he is he is the ultimate Greek chorus.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's all he does. That's all he needs to do. <laughs> that is true. That is true. So after this, uh, Ross would end up becoming uh, the host of programs like Superstars, Action Zone, Shotgun Saturday Night, and would become the commentator for Raw is War. But at the end of 1998, Ross did have to take a break from Raw due to an unfortunate uh, attack of Bell's p- uh, palsy he suffered whilst whilst the Capital Carnage pay-per-view in London. It was during the broadcast that he suffered another attack and unfortunately it oh had been God. brought on earlier in the day when he had been informed that his mother had passed away. Mm. Which, oh, it just sucks. What? Yeah,
1: that's a bad day.
0: That mm. is, that is. It just sucks that that has to happen as well. But ever the professional, he came back and bounced back pretty quickly. And in Good March boy. of 1999, he returned to Raw as part of a sort of storyline, weird storyline, alleging that Vince had fired him because of his condition. But he would not go down quietly, and he enlisted the services of his personal enforcer, Doctor Death,
2: <laughs> Steve. Oh <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: And this can is... I say,
1: just real quick, can I just say, like, the madness of Vince McMahon actively signing off on that storyline? Yes.
0: Yes, this like, is also, may I add, wow. one of Jim Ross's best moments in that he bitch-slapped Michael Cole in the ring. It's
2: just like... Oh, how do you say this? And he kicked him in the bollocks as well. I must said that if Ross kicked Cole in the bollocks. Again, this this, this just it, it feels aggressively late capitalist American and we're in nineteen ninety-nine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this I is mean... again this was again an attempt to make JR heal, which again did not go down well. I wonder why. This is I'll tell you this much, right? This when you look back on this storyline, they repeated this so many years later, with Mike, with heel Michael Cole was commentator, because they went as far to have JR have his own commentary table and booth, and have it labeled "JR is Raw," kind of like how Michael Cole had his own flipping pe- plexiglass booth.
2: Yeah, that weird fucking
0: thing. Uh, because do you want to know why it failed so bad? Because the it's fans cheered Ross and booed Cole.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: The more things change, the more they stay the same. <laughs> just, I, I love it. It's just love it so
0: much. And of course, as we know, JR would become the voice of the Attitude Era, recalling so many incredible classic moments during that time and becoming one of well having one of the greatest i guess broadcast gyros during that time with uh, with, J- uh, with JR and Jerry the King Lawler although i will debate and i will say this as we get to 2001 i think Paul Heyman and JR
2: was better yeah you know what i i agree yeah you know because the, because the thing is though right even though its existence was brief i quite like i quite liked the the JR. Randy Savage partnership. <laughs> yes. Like, I know, but a big part of it is that, like, the entire time, like, Randy Savage was really annoyed that he wasn't wrestling, but, man, I kind of liked it. <laughs>
1: you know, with that, it's kind of like, I find myself, like, I wonder how... I do, like, need listening back. I do wonder, and it's probably a question we'll have to ask ourselves in, in a future episode, <laughs> How, I don't know how I feel about Jerry Lawler. I really do not.
0: He's a problematic
2: individual inside and outside, um, him, if you ask me.
0: He's yeah. very problematic
2: Again, I, I was going to say complicated, but even that doesn't really sum it up for me.
1: Yeah, like... <laughs> like, he is a massive part of that commentary table. <laughs> but it's just a big... Mm, mm.
3: I don't
0: know about this. <laughs> so, 2001, as I said, bringing as we run into the new millennium, one of Ross's brand new jobs and roles in commentary was becoming <clears throat> a uh, one of the commentators, lead commentators for the
2: XFL. <laughs> I mean, like, if you were going to do, if you were going to try and keep it internal, I think that obviously JR's the right choice. Mm.
0: Would you believe in the first week in the Memf- in the Memphis Maniacs' first game, they had JR and King commentating that match, uh, even though Jerry went on record uh, and
2: admitted caring very little about American football. I mean, they portrayed the whole like uh, it's fucking it's Memphis, like just just get out, Jerry, and just like and let so him do his thing. To which Jerry,
0: after it was massively panned and criticised for terrible commentary, JR was quickly replaced uh, by Jesse Ventura, with JR doing lead play-by-play and Jesse as colour commentator for the next four weeks of XFL broadcasts.
2: That was probably incredibly confused, but I can imagine it probably wasn't that bad to watch. I mean, it was still the XFL.
0: (laughs) Very true. Uh, Once we get to the XFL, uh, it's so funny what they did with Jesse Ventura. (laughs) Oh, no. Not only because, of course, during this time, he was still governor of Minnesota.
1: Yeah, that's my question. Was he just doing this as a side gig?
0: (laughs) He was doing this as a side gig. But he was... They made... Like, Vince... Tried to gave Jesse the direction to try and antagonise one of the team's uh, coaches to start a kind of faux rivalry, and believe it or not, they did a hype package to fucking Gorilla Radio by Rage Against the Machine before a start of one of the start of the matches.
2: Because that is what Zach De La Rocha really needed in his life. <laughs> I'm Look, telling you, people. Zach- Zach Della Russia, the fact that Zach Della Russia has
1: not straight up gone on a shooting spree is a miracle.
0: <laughs> a miracle. If you want us to experience that, everybody who is listening, you head on over to our Patreon. Get us yeah. to our Patreon stretch goal, because we are, on our first stretch goal, we'll be watching the entire 2001 season of the X. To be fair,
2: you've reminded me, I still need to add the other stretch goals to the Patreon page. Yes. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> absolutely
0: do so after that well what do we know we get to the ruthless aggression era jr still being the absolute best that he can be and was involved in quite a lengthy feud with eric bischoff uh with uh with uh, the latter's uh mistreatment of stone cold steve austin do you, reckon, do you reckon joke. do you
2: reckon that like jr was like going around doing like his talent relation stuff and you just see eric bischoff walk in just points at him just goes you Yes. Probably. It was actually but, during I two- mean, mm. Yeah, but you know what? Two to Eric
0: Bischoff's defense, he was back and in fact better, better than, than ever. ever. <laughs> <laughs> it was also during the actual time of the Ruthless Aggression era that Ross would become the executive vice president of Tarrant Relations. Um uh, and by God did he do a much better job than Johnny. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that's a low bar, but. Basically, it was basically an extension of his long time backstage role there as being the key eye for hiring new talent. So basically, he just got an official capacity
2: now. For Johnny, Johnny Ace goes around backstage, sees a woman, and goes, Oh, you wrestle?
0: <gasps> oh. Uh But no, as everyone knows about their long heated rivalry, Bishop of Jay's on screen rivalry, that brought us the very. Weird image of Jr. being set on fire by Kane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wrestling. <laughs> Which, if you've not seen Deadlock's review of that episode, I highly recommend doing it. or going to look at um, David Al- uh, alanese's uh, video where he edits yeah. that where he does like the edit of the of the visuals with the Deadlock podcast. Highly recommend. I need to set myself on fire. <laughs> I don't think you're that scarred or deformed. In fact, I think you're a fucking liar. (laughs) Oh god. (laughs) Oh man. But by 2005, I mean, as 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 I take as I deviate way off course there. (laughs) 2005 rosswood stepped down as the vice president of talent relations and according to his official blog after repeated statements he moved away from the management uh, role uh, as he proved you know it would prove more beneficial for his health uh, for the decreased workload it gave him more time to focus on that it also gave him time to focus on his family and his future entrepreneurial endeavors which included jr's barbecue sauce <laughs> Ready? Let's go! Uh, It was also during this time that you released two cookbooks with the WWF. JR's (laughs) Cookbook and Can You Take the Heat? The WWF Cookbook.
1: Okay, this has been on my mind for so long.
0: Have either of you ever
1: tried any of these products?
0: Now, Brian Zane, over at Wrestling with Regret, did a series called Kayfabe Kitchen, where he took recipes from the uh, the Can You Take the Heat cookbook. And I did try Al Snow's peas,
2: and they're really boris Yeah. Okay. What well, I can say, I've never done a wrestling cookbook, although I am open to the idea of it and What's if it? we end up if we end up in some fucking absurd situation we can absolutely turn that into a live stream
0: yes <laughs> I yes i feel shot. like we need to take the most recent cookbook that wasn't well, written
2: by J- jim ross and make what Bikista. i have what i have tried what i have tried is i have tried uh a video game cookbook <laughs> uh, okay okay because for some reason i don't know why there's like this group of People that just have made a bunch of official cookbooks for various games over like the last like 10 years.
0: Of course. Uh,
2: and I was with a friend of mine and we cooked a recipe from, I believe it was the World of Warcraft cookbook. No, the what? The World of Warcraft official cookbook. Did I stutter? <laughs> Fucking hell, okay. Um, and you know what? I can't lie. It's a, it's a good cookbook. <laughs> I mean, I'm fairly sure that comes from the, the point of, you know, it's written by an actual chef with actual presentation, <laughs> and it's basically just a cookbook for normal recipes, but adapted to fit for World of Warcraft. <laughs> but you like, this is a very real phenomenon. In fact, there's actually a really cool YouTube channel that uh, follows it. I believe me Miso Hungry. Yes. Um, that has gone through a bunch of them. Mm. there you go there's a weird youtube rabbit hole for you to fall down to i will
1: fall down
0: that rabbit Absolutely. hole Absolutely. by the way if any of our chaps over in america our friends over at wrestle buddy the american contingent of wrestle buddy have access to the cookbooks can you send that over to us please send over the sauce send over the barbecue oh yes. Yeah, send over the, the barbecue choose. sauce as
2: well <laughs> I, re- I reckon you can get jr's barbecue over here you think I reckon
0: this just just raises so many questions. So Matty, if you're listening, get us send us the barbecue sauce she if we can't find it. it. <laughs> so, uh, in 2005, Ross was kayfabe fired from his play-by-play role as the voice of Raw by Vince and Linda, uh, but this was only due to uh, doctors discovering a quite serious uh, issue with Ross in his um, in his lower intestine in his colon uh and that that basically his termination was kind of like the sort of explanation they could make his like long absence from tv and this during this time of course this is when joey styles came in to become commentator for monday night raw um if you honestly they did joey Styles am enough
2: to call backlash,
0: backlash. <laughs> <laughs> but uh ross was brought back uh, for Saturday night's main event uh, in 2006, and then for the Raw branded matches at WrestleMania 22 and Backlash, <laughs> before coming back full time in May of 2006. Would you believe in October 2006, though Ross's contract with the company expired, and then was then working, um, kind of almost on a handshake deal. As neither um, side could agree to a new contract,
1: I don't like oh that. Oh my God! I don't like that. I don't like that idea. You don't sign the handshake contract deal with Vince McMahon. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: yeah, I know <laughs> nah. how you feel. But it was it wasn't for very long, because uh, it was only I think it was only about like a span of five, four to five weeks that they did the handshake deal, and eventually in November that he had signed a one year contract with the uh, with the company and would basically just kind of go over it and renew it. Year to year to see what would happen Um It was of course in 2007 About time that he was inducted into the Hall of Fame Alongside his broadcast partner But he was inducted by Stone Cold Dave Arsden Hell yeah
2: <laughs> of Oh my... Stone
0: Cold One of my favourite uh, Hall of Fame uh, Inductions was that one well, I think the, the video package was my favourite Just everyone doing impressions of JR For the entire like <laughs> video package Of Jim Right, He's running like a scalded dog
2: <laughs> it's amazing that WWE in 2007 predicted the future of uh, internet wrestling content creation yes
0: <laughs> he's gonna whip like a government mule <laughs> I wonder what oh a government mule is <laughs> I wonder what is a scalded dog as well
2: i mean i feel like
0: that one makes sense a stuffed pig or is it a stuck pig i don't know i can't re- i don't know which which is it guys do you know if it's i i, think I... stuck stuck
1: pig i think yeah i think <laughs>
0: it's stuck pig. i think so i can't remember mm. it's like it's bleeding like a stuffed pig <laughs> It's that crimson mask. <laughs> Sorry, I'm di- I'm off again. I'm going down that That's road. Don't doing no, don't do it.
1: Don't do it.
0: Uh, so in 2008, in some weird dunderheaded decision, they decided to move Jim uh, from being the voice of Raw and move him over to SmackDown because Jim, because Vince has a, some sort of weird relationship with Michael Cole and thought that he could finally take <laughs> over as as the head of Monday Night Raw. Oh, oh, Dude. Michael. <laughs> So here's what he here's what Ross had to say about the draft, which he was not told about by the way that he was moving from SmackDown, but it's to give an air of surprise for the draft. Ross said he was not happy with it. I he, wonder
2: why. If you could
0: have the look on his face when the camera panned to him, he was not happy. And at that moment, when he got up, he was he considered throwing his uh, headset down and saying, "I quit."
2: Yeah, because they've yeah. made a decision without his active consent,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, basically, uh, but he says after he calmed down a bit, he would make damn sure SmackDown would be the best program that the WWE could produce with him
2: on. And the then Vince booth. would get ever more fucking annoyed because Roar is his fucking child. Yes, <laughs> yes.
0: and this and is and where he still
2: has this weird personal hatred towards a, a product that he fucking produces.
0: Yes, yes, and this is where we get the cursed we get the really cursed commentary team good old jr Jim Ross and Todd Grisham it's Christian mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's Christian <laughs> <laughs> oh so it didn't that that partnership didn't last long uh, as in October 2009 uh, that would be Jim Ross's last broadcast as a full-time announcer for the WWE. Now, Ross missed the uh, the SmackDown tapings on October the 13th as he asked for a day off due to an anniversary. And unfortunately, seven days later, he would suffer his third bout of Bell's Palsy on way to a show in South Carolina. After initially planning on working the tapings um, and just being it got worse, he got more ill. He instead decided to flo- fly back to Oklahoma, missing the show. Um, uh, he would announce that he would not be commentating the upcoming pay per view as well, which would be bragging rights. Can't say that you you that you uh that you missed out on a great pay per view there, Jim. So I'm glad you dodged a bullet. There. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Jim wouldn't actually come back for a full year um, from that because it really
2: did take the life out of him. He would return... sometimes I want sometimes I wonder if he's there. It's like should I even return? returned? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but he would return
0: on the November 2010 Old School Raw special. He would make a guest appearance, commentating with Jr. Oh, sorry, with Jerry Lawler. Sorry, and Michael Cole calling a match, calling this match. This is this is a weird one for Jr. to come back to. Jack Swagger versus Daniel Bryan. Okay, <laughs> uh, and this, of course, we are in full heel. Michael Cole and. Michael Cole would not stop fucking shutting up and taking the piss out of JR to which, after the match ended, uh, JR just fucking whipped Michael Cole with his hat.
2: Can we just like acknowledge that this section didn't happen? Mm-hmm. I'm happy for that to happen because this. Right, would can we, going can we just the... can we just accept that this is actually just like a pocket reality that's non-canon?
0: Yeah, because this would go into the whole Cole versus Lawler match at WrestleMania 27. This would also see the rap battle. I want to forget about the rap battle. And the... <laughs> yes. And then the da- <laughs> and then the dance off that happened. Jim, Jim. <laughs> He would quickly leave after that, thank goodness. But he would return at WrestleMania 28, where he called the Hell in a Cell match between Triple H and The Undertaker. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, He would also make an appearance at Raw 1000, commentating the opening match. And then he would end up taking over as a commentator for the newly revamped NXT. He would be part of the commentary team with William Regal and Byron Saxton. That's a good thing. It wasn't a bad, actually, for the beginning of NXT, it wasn't a bad trio to commentate uh, to get yourself started. He actually was the one that called the finals of the NXT Championship match between Seth Rollins Mm -hmm. and Jinder Mahal. Um, During 2012, after Triple H took control of the talent relations, he hired Jim Ross as an advisor and a scout within the department. Yeah, I mean, it's fair. Um, makes sense good person to start with uh, being part of that uh, being talent relations is also being head of NXT makes sense to bring in someone like JR Um, (laughs) so he ended up in 2013 after that uh, beginning uh, beginning to coach and produce new announcers for the WWE Performance Center in Florida Uh, I believe uh, Ross was one of the people that helped out people like Renee Young Tom Phillips Uh, David Otunga
2: (laughs) but you know, (laughs) you can't bat a thousand Jim, I'm sorry you can't can't bat a thousand but oof (laughs) Uh, oh David Otunga you tried
0: but unfortunately during 2014 during a WWE oh sorry, 2013 I should say during a 2K14 press junket uh, during a panel with guests JR was the host of it and was suspected of being intoxicated. He used profanity during several points of the panel and appeared to have little to no interest in the topics that were being scheduled to uh, covered. Um... <laughs> oh gosh, right. He also put down one of the sponsors of the event. I, I, I can't, cannot confirm nor deny if it was Snickers. <laughs>
2: In, in, our this heart, case, in this case, Snickers did not satisfy, and uh, <laughs> and even allowed Ric Flair, uh,
0: who was a member of the panel, uh, and was also expected of being intoxicated, to go off on really weird tangents, and also describe John Cena as a
2: hardcore drinker. Huh. Oh, no. uh, I mean, generally, the word "allow" and Ric Flair should not be next to each other. Yes. <laughs>
3: yes.
0: Yes. Uh, uh, A few weeks afterwards Ross would officially announce his retirement from the WWE as his contract had expired and was not to be renewed. However it was suspected that he was fired due to his actions at that event. Uh, It was in an interview in 2014 the next year that Ross claimed an insult to the sponsor of the event was what led to his release. In that same Uh interview he did confirm that he was not drunk but rather fatigued due to his Bell Palsy uh, which was likely the reason he may have been perceived as being intoxicated. Vince right. McMahon addressed the uh, situation in a December 2014 interview, claiming that while he disapproved of Ross's behavior at the event, it was ultimately Ross's decision to leave WWE as he wanted to spend more time at home than working for the WWE. Apparently, Vince, there was no heat between the two parties, but I doubt that very much. Yeah,
1: I, um, it's a difficult question, actually.
0: Mm. This, this is one. Of,
1: this is one of those ones where I honestly think it's like probably all of the above.
0: Mm. Here is where we get into a really interesting look into Jr.'s life before he would return to the WWE. Now Ross would end up becoming the English language commentator alongside Max Stryker for hey. Wrestle Kingdom Nine, which was presented yes. by Global Force
2: Wrestling. <laughs> Wait, there we go, boys. That's our that, one per episode. <laughs> there we go. Please Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> I just love the. I just love the thing though of Global Horse Wrestling. We're just doing a presentation <laughs> <laughs> of Wrestle Kingdom. It wasn't even their event. So weird. Yeah, that's so, so weird.
0: we <laughs> <Rob laughs> would end up calling actually a couple of boxing matches in 2014 as well for Golden Boy Promotions uh, oh, for Fox Sports, <laughs> <War. laughs> and would you believe? What? Right for one night only JR and UFC veteran Charles Sonnen commentated the Battlegrounds MMA one night tournament pay-per-view in October 2014 I am
1: so happy I'm so happy okay. that you are a UFC that's,
2: that's that is that is you know what that that's that's a, that's based
1: you know like
2: <laughs> my god I it's is... a double leg takedown He's <laughs> fucking yeah. pulling the double leg. <laughs> I
1: I do want to know. Like I don't expect it to be that good. I don't know how much of an interest or knowledge Jr has with UFC or MMA in general. I'm very intrigued by that.
0: <laughs> I'd be interested to see what happens there, and if there's any if, that's, if there's any kind of like audio or visual like uh videos out there in the internet about that one effect. To say would you believe as well that um i see that uh that jr was part of the debut pilot episode of world of sport wrestling on itv i i know that i remember that he was i believe it's weird but like i remember it it was him and alex shane a legendary uh person in the british uh scene yeah that commentated the pilot episode which saw grado win the world of sport wrestling championship and become the longest holding uh, <laughs> longest holder of that championship because I think it was like two years. It was two years before they actually got picked up for more taping Scotland forever. <laughs> and then, of course, quickly dropped it to rampage in the uh in the first yeah. episode
2: of that series.
0: <laughs> but no, that's uh, an interesting, uh, interesting thing there with Jr. That he would uh, if if it weren't for what he did. Um, if it weren't for him picking up the job in New Japan Pro Wrestling, becoming the English commentator alongside Josh Barnett, which is again a based commentary team, if you ask me. Yes. This. Oh, yeah. yeah. He would probably still be doing the World of Sport. Co- well, he would have been doing the World of Sport commentary. Uh, I won't talk about his time at What Culture Pro Wrestling because, yeah, <laughs> fuck What Culture. There you go. I said it. There you go. I shot my shot there.
1: <laughs> oh great i i don't want to get into a gang war Oh no
0: no i'm still bitter about my time no it's all right (laughs) they're they're like far enough away aren't they (laughs) at wrestlemania 33 in 2017 ross returned to the company providing commentary for the no holds barred match between the undertaker and roman reigns shortly before after the event though it was announced that he had signed a two year deal with the company uh with his uh with him providing commentary for the very first may young classic alongside lita which if you've gone back mm-hmm. and watched it ross was a really good form on that during it, that I, also, I remember really
1: liking that liking yeah. the tournament That was a really good tournament. The May on Classic was
2: incredible.
0: Of course, we get the Raw 25, uh, very special. The 25 (laughs) Years of Raw, which which saw Ross reunite with Jerry Lawler as part of the commentary team that was uh, emanating from the Manhattan Center. (laughs) Of course, this is infamous uh, by several people catching JR sleeping during the broadcast.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You know, I don't care. I'll allow it. (laughs) It's unbelievable work, great to be honest. I love it. I just
0: love it so much. It's like Jerry, like J- Jerry and Jr ended up falling asleep <laughs> during because they only were on air, a broadcast at the Manhattan Center for twenty five minutes during that show. Yeah. <laughs> Ross's last appearance in WWE would be part of the pre-show panel for the Greatest Royal Rumble in twenty. Oh my god. Aww. Uh, that's cool. JR left the company in March 2019 after electing to not renew his contract. He would go on to state that his departure was because I had two bookings in 2018 and they weren't using me very much. (laughs) I mean, Uh, it's entirely fair. That's
3: that's
1: more Uh, than reasonable. He
0: he also attributed another factor in his departure, stating that I still think I can do play-by-play even though others that may surround Vince think I can't. And in um, August 2019, in an interview, he would have later reveal what he said to Vince before he left, stating, I quote, Vince, unlike you, I still believe I can do it, and there are other people who believe I can do it, including some of your audience." Mm. Shit, <laughs> <laughs> fucking gem. He just didn't.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, like, if there's anything in the history, it's like, don't, like, be very careful if you. Bet against Jr. and like his reputation precedes him. It's like absolutely, to, like to be to be completely like blunt. Mm. Like that—that's it. It's like if he's saying like you don't like I don't believe you can do it. It's like I've been doing this longer than a lot of the people in this company have been alive.
0: What the fuck are you on about? Yep. And like, the big big ballsy move he did just to prove that he could still do it in april 2019 jim ross was announced as all elite and had signed a three-year deal with aew as commentator and senior advisor <sighs> and, and and jim ross has been all right right i'll say this about jim ross in aew Jim Ross, as we know, has been doing this for a very long time. He's also in his 70s now. So he's going yes. to be liable to fumble. But by God, yeah. does Jim still bring the passion and the energy that he once had in his mm-hmm. heyday to it? Even, yeah. if, it? even if he's with Tony Giovanni and bitch-ass Excalibur. <laughs> he, yeah. Um, I know that
1: his um, time in AEW has been actually quite controversial. Mm. I think I still I honestly still think he hits more than he misses. It's just that the hits aren't quite. Yeah, as yeah, no, he
0: definitely hits that. more than he misses. It's yeah. just, it's just like, it's just that. I like, like his... I'll be honest. I know people say free, and I am one of those people that say free commentators seems to be kind of way too much in my in my, in, in in my opinion. But Tony Jr. and Excalibur have been have done really well as a trio. mm Hmm. Really well as a trio. Um, I I still think I guess one of the best broadcast partnerships is Taz and Excalibur during Dark, but only because Taz and Excalibur just make themselves laugh at
2: each other. They just do like they just do ridiculous stuff, and like that's that's what we like. But like to be honest, when it comes like one of the pay per views, Jr. just kind of basically always hits it out of the park.
0: Oh yeah. yeah, all out is testament to him still knocking it out of the park. Um, the shock of Adam Cole and Brian Danielson coming out. JR just... You can never lose it. Mm -hmm. You can never lose it. Even at 70 years young, JR is still just like... Still got those calls in him. I love it. So it's safe to say... JR, even with with a a very scary episode, unfortunately, where he did have skin cancer, he came back swinging Mm -hmm. in the January 22 episode of Dynamite and returned to TBS for the first Mm -hmm. time since 1993. And that is where we leave JR, good old JR Jim Ross right now, still kicking it and still being a bloody good commentator at 70 years old.
1: So now with the adventure continuing for JR I have to ask the question that we've been I feel like we've been dancing around mm. favorite calls favorite calls oh, right here right now what of our favorite calls
2: ah oh, son of a bitch
1: yeah that's my one that's actually my one
2: <laughs> i know i know that like we i know that like we obviously give hell on on him but uh, there's something about going God King! <laughs> yes.
0: I mean, come on. Look, um, we all know that, as God is my witness, he is broken in half, is an all time. Yeah, that's
2: like the iconic yeah. one.
0: Yeah, that's the one that like
1: will be on his gravestone. Yes. But I love our son of a bitch so <laughs> much. <laughs> It's just mocking. It, because, because you know it <laughs> yeah, but you know what? That why it works so much. Well? That I think that call probably saved that storyline. Yes, just because of it. because that storyline, if you go back, makes no fucking sense. No. That it's
2: oh yeah, it doesn't there. make any fucking my, sense. My
0: some of my favorite calls as well is just trip, is him calling Triple H a son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah. You're A son of a bitch. Why? Why? Is Triple H.
1: And Stone Cold selling his soul to Satan himself.
0: Yes, damn it, it's, Jim. It's,
1: there are so many. There are so many. My
2: God, he's broken in half, King.
0: <laughs> oh, Jim Ross, you will live forever as the soundtrack and the voice of our generation in professional Yes, Yeah, listening. absolutely. Even will, though he yeah. said himself that Gordon Solie is the best caller, and while I have watched events with Gordon Solie, and he is really good. Jim, you're selling yourself short. You are one of the, if not the best commentator wrestling has had. I only wish, the one thing I could only have wished that would have happened is that him and Mauro Ronello would have called the match together.
2: That, yo, can I just say, if that happened, people are not leaving that. No one's leaving, both with their hearing intact or their voices. <laughs> oh my God, mama
0: me! <laughs> Bar-Mia? Is that, is that the fusion dance for Jim Ross Bar-mia. and Maradillo? Bar-Mia. I kind of like it, to be honest. I kind of dig it. I'm putting that on a t-shirt and selling that on what I'ma do. By-,
2: <laughs> By God, Marrow, He's broken in half. Mama oh. Mia! <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is another person that definitely would love to do another a, a retrospective of Ronello. Hey, we can
2: give a shout out to Ronello. Shout out to Maradonello. Uh, one of the Key, best... like, to be fair, you know, it's a thing we can talk about here. But you know, sometimes commentators absolutely make shows. Yes. Yeah. 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 Honestly, yeah. I feel like the peak of takeover. Like a like a a a. a good commentator, is so
0: important to a show. Yeah, I don't think Raw would have been as popular as it was if it weren't for JR. No, no. I
2: don't I, didn't, I, I, didn't t- I entirely agree with that. Uh, same as like how- when, we, when, we, mm. like when we say Mauro on NXT, it's like an oh. integral part of what we remember about it. Yeah. Oh, man. It's not to put Vic Joseph and Wade
0: Barrett down, because they are really good as well. <laughs> to be honest, you know what oh, I, I know.
2: Right? I'm there, and I'll be honest. I like Wade Barrett on it. Mm. Yeah. He's not, per- he's not perfect. Yeah. But I, you know, I like him. I'm I'm eternally impressed by how well Pat McAfee adapted to it. Yeah. Um, like I said, as many people will know, just Japanese commentators will live in my heart even though I have no idea who they are or what they're saying. Yes. Arigatou. <laughs> <laughs> just bang <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's just the energy they have it is it, it, it's, it's so spicy so
0: spicy and that is where we end our retrospective on jim ross i told you it's a very feel-good story and a guy who you wouldn't think is a really sharp smart dude for too smart for the business dare i say Yeah,
1: like, (laughs) he could have done anything. He could have, he honestly could have succeeded at anything that he tried to do with with the multiple things he
0: had. (laughs) Do, yes, the the, the wrestler's renaissance, man. That's for darn sure. Alright then, chaps, next episode. We've got a very interesting episode to to, to discuss uh, and an interesting subject. It's one that we've kind of We've talked about doing, but we never really got a kind of grasp on how to do it. But I think we do now confident and comfortable enough to talk about the concept of the foreign heel.
2: Basically, this is going to be the long and complicated episode. So if you don't like like long form discussion that basically verges on about as close to ethics as wrestling will get, then uh, this one isn't for you.
0: Basically, yeah. it's going to be that, and then it's going to be another forty minutes of us doing Iron Sheik impressions.
2: That is exactly what's <laughs> going to happen. That's Look, totally you get effort. one or you get the <sighs> other. There's no middle ground. <laughs> so all we could say is fuck the whole hog <laughs> 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 We're going
0: to get into um, it. Yes, we're going to get so into it. It's going to be an interesting one. I am really, really looking forward to just talking about it, going over kind of like a little bit of the history talking about the more kind of like uh, the more notable foreign heels and what it kind of what it's done and meant for american wrestling yeah
1: that's gonna be (laughs) yeah oh man
0: that is all to look forward to on next week's episode but until then i have been sam this has been dan and reardon and you've been listening to the sweet chin podcast we'll see you as always on the next one bye everybody bye bye (laughs) god